Welcome into Up in the Raptors, a podcast brought to you this basketball season by our friends over at Johnny T-Shirt, co-hosting this. I'm Taylor Vipolis, and this year I'm joined by national champion, most outstanding player of the Final Four, and a Carolina basketball legend, the ACC Network's Joel Berry. few things happen around Carolina basketball, but not pertaining to the Carolina basketball team that I thought deserved a shout out. First, Marcus Page, baby girl. Congrats to him. Oh, former, yeah, yeah. Your former teammate. And then also uh, Justin Jackson signing a, a 10-day contract with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Just, just your thoughts on some of your former teammates making some big moves in the world. Well, Marcus, I saw that one, but that's a that's news to me for uh Justin, man. That's that's awesome. Um, first I'll start with Marcus. You know, growing a family is awesome. Um, you know, just being able to have uh, a little girl, I think, is also uh pretty special. Um, I'm so thankful that I had a girl on my first go around. Um, I think it kind of softened me up a little bit, uh, take off the little hard edges. So. Um, that is awesome. But man, I'm so happy for Marcus, uh, you know, getting the coaching job and now having a baby, man, that's what it's about, man. Just uh, being able to go ahead and, um, and and have get married, have kids and start a family. It's always awesome. And then moving on to Justin, man, that is awesome. I know my guy has been uh, patiently waiting for that opportunity. Um, you know, sometimes you can kind of lose your way a little bit when you're spending time in the G League and, you know, you're in the league and then you're out. And sometimes, man, you just got to put in the work and, and let and let the chips fall where they may and continue to work. So happy for my guys, man. That's all good news. And that's the way that's that's the way we start off a podcast. Man. Exactly. That's the way we started off. That, that was my exact thinking with, with Marcus becoming a, a girl dad this past week. What what's the best advice you have for him as he embarks on this new fatherhood journey? As as yeah. a seasoned vet yourself, yeah, <laughs> a seasoned vet. I love it. Um, I I would just say you got to just embrace the moment. Um, you got to take it day by day, man. It's tough. Uh, being a parent is something that, like, there's no manual book. There's nothing out there, you know, in our jobs what we do, we can have people that kind of tell us, you know, this and that and that, but every single kid is so different, man. Um, and all I, all I can give is just advice that I can give is just take it day by day. Um, but most importantly, love on them because they'll love you back and watch what you say, MP, because what you say, they're, they're like little sponges. They will take it in and they'll start saying it too. So <laughs> When it comes to this North Carolina basketball team, the last game this team played, they beat Virginia Tech by double digits. But this North Carolina team has split their last six games, alternating the the wins and the losses. What's been your takeaway watching this team and then specifically in this last game against Virginia Tech? Yeah, I thought this was a really good game. It's not, uh, you know, it's not easy going to – Man, it's been so long, man. <laughs> I forgot if they play at home or away. Oh, um, 
Yeah, the it's Tyler Nickel. What's that? The return of Tyler Nickel to Chapel. Yeah, Hill. I know. It's it's been a week. It's been a week. Forgive me. Um, but no. Uh, just being able to have this game. I mean, they they played really well. I thought that um the game plan that they had was get the ball in the paint. Um, and they were dominant in the paint. Um, Armando had another huge game, and man, since the Duke game, and we'll get more into it, but since the Duke game, man, he has been playing very impressive. Um, and uh, yeah, man, it was just a big time win for them, um, to keep things going. And uh, and I thought they played really well as far as executing the scouting report on the on both sides of the ball because Virginia Tech is one of those teams with the uh amount of sets and the different actions that they run, you can kind of get lost in the sauce. So I thought they did a really good job of just staying, staying sound and being ready for all those different actions that Virginia Tech runs. Yeah, Armando with 25 and 12 in this game against Virginia Tech. You mentioned since the Duke game, the past five games, Armando's averaging 19.6 points per game and 12 rebounds per game. What have you kind of noticed with him? Because it, it does seem like there, there's been a, a switch flipped with him and with this Carolina team getting him the ball in this past stretch of games. I thought that was the most important thing, and I said it on our previous podcast, is that he a lot of the times was wide open down there and they weren't getting him the ball. Um, and it would almost be like a uh, an afterthought. And I don't say that with bad intentions, like – I know sometimes it's easy just to go ahead and move the ball and swing it instead of giving a look down there, um, especially if he has someone on his back. You you tend to think as a player, oh, let me swing this the other way and maybe you know we can get into a better action. But just getting Armando the ball creates an advantage because he's so dominant down there and you don't have to always run a pick and roll or have to beat your defender uh, off the dribble you can just give him the ball and establish the paint and now you can create an advantage from there and so I thought um you know I'm not in the locker room but it just seems like there's been an emphasis on getting him the ball allowing him to operate and not just being heavy heavy on the perimeter um and I just think that being able to just get him the ball down there is uh been a huge difference and he has he has uh he has delivered, which is the biggest thing. You know, you can only half the battle is getting it down to him, but he has been playing um dominant down there and has been controlling the paint. Yeah, and besides Armando offensively in that Virginia Tech game, we don't want to spend a ton of time on it because it was so long ago in the past. But I, <laughs> I thought another encouraging sign offensively, Cormac Ryan going four of seven from three. If North Carolina can get a uh, Cormac Ryan shooting four of seven from three every every game with with how kind of streaky he is as a shooter. What does it do for this North Carolina team? It does wonders for him because it gives them another option. Um, when you talk about the gravity that he can get from um, the opposing team, so you think about him not knocking down shots, that can give the defense a chance to help in a little bit more. Um, and it's not saying that he's not capable. He came in with the, with the, um, with the rep of being able to shoot the ball. Um, it just hasn't gone his way. And I know, you know, it's frustrating as a player when that, when the ball isn't going in the basket, but 
Um, it opens up driving lanes. It opened up. It opens up opportunities for other guys to be able to um, make a play. Uh, so being for him being able to shoot the ball like he has um, is uh, is is what they needed. I mean, in the last three games, he shot ten for twenty one, which is forty seven percent. Thanks to my my calculator, that's not off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, he just being able to shoot the ball that way. Um, opens up so many things and gives them a threat um, on the perimeter, which opens up that defense and allows them to do different things, which you need to do as a team. Yeah, if he if he's shooting 47% from three with the way Armando is playing in the paint right now, the way R.J. Davis has played the entire year, the, the kind of consistent effort you get from Harrison Ingram on, on both the offensive and defensive end, all of a sudden when you – when you have that fourth option in Cormac Ryan, not even to mention what Elliot Cadeau brings to the team, <laughs> driving to the basket and finding open players. Like th- this team all of a sudden has five very, very potent scorers of the basketball. Yeah. And if, if you have five guys that could score the basketball at, at, at a double digit rate every night, you, you're a very dangerous team. But I, I also thought that for as good as, the offense was for North Carolina, their defense of late has, has left a little bit to be desired. And I think Armando being so great and and the offense being so great and just being able to hold Virginia tech at, at arm's length, like Virginia tech was up five, nothing in that game. Carolina takes the lead back from them and Virginia tech never has the lead again in that game. And it was at, it was at double digits for the most of it, but during Carolina's 10-game win streak, they held all 10 opponents to 70 or less points. And in the six games since, every opponent has scored 70-plus points, and four of them have scored 80 or more. What do you think has been happening with the defense that has kind of led to that falloff? It's a it's a little bit of, of two things. One, um, you can kind of regress towards the end of the season. Um as you kind of get away from some of the things that you have been doing as a team. So, uh, you know, some of those things they have to, they have to be able to clean up, not giving up straight line drives, um, not getting caught up in the middle of the game where you do, where you are keeping the team at arm's length, but you get complacent and you take your foot off the gas and now a team goes on a run. Um, You know, that happens within the game as well, but a little bit of it too is, this is the ACC, man. Teams are going to get better towards the end of the season. That's just that's just a given. And if you aren't, then you're not playing your best basketball right now. But each and every team coach, the, the emphasis going into every single uh, year is as the season progresses along, you want to get better as a team. So it has to do a little bit with, you know, not – doing some of the things that Carolina was doing within that stretch, but it also, you have to give the teams in the ACC a little bit of credit too, because these teams have been getting better towards the end of the season. And like, we see a guy like Cormac Ryan hasn't been shooting the ball well, um, but over these last couple of games, he, or few games, he's been shooting the ball well. So at the end of the year, you want to be playing your best basketball. And so you have to, you know, these teams are getting better as well. So I think it's a little bit of both. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting from Armando Baycott's postgame press conference after the Virginia Tech game was he mentioned that 
the coaches are adding in more plays specifically for him. And, and with that, I'm curious, your experience um, as a, a college basketball player, how often would you say you guys are adding new things, both offensively and defensively, as the season goes goes on? And and how do you kind of juggle like what you've already learned and, and having to learn new things while also balancing like this team's game plan coming in or, or this this scouting report with everything new as well and trying to mesh everything? Yeah, it's uh, it's not easy at all uh, to be able to add plays within the season, especially right now as we as the season is winding down. Um, I will say that's that's beneficial for them because now at this point of the season, there's so much film out there. Um, so coaches like I remember we got to a point, man, where we were getting back on defense and our coaches were calling out different sets like you know what's going on now. I know <laughs> kind of sound like we're we're talking about Michigan right now, but you know, it's it's just part of it's part of basketball. You watch, you watch film and you know what the actions are, you know what's getting ready to be set up. So um adding new plays is beneficial at this point of the season, especially when you talk about someone as dominant as Armando because now you have to find out different ways to be able to get him the ball different than what you were doing in the beginning of the season. To my point earlier, it's not easy. You know, you have to be able to, you have to uh, be able to have a veteran team, which this team is a veteran team. So they're able to catch on to things a little bit faster. Yeah. Nothing about being a a college athlete is easy, especially when you consider the other guys are on scholarship too. Yeah. (laughs) exactly yeah nothing nothing is easy and nothing is easy in college man (laughs) and carolina different from past weeks since conference play started they don't have the midweek game how would you say practices are different when when you don't have that midweek game and and you don't have an opponent to prepare for and you can kind of just focus on yourself before you get to you know the virginia scouting report later in the week I think it's one of it's it's the best time of the year, in my opinion, because now you get to focus on you Um, a lot of the times because of the way that the season goes and the short amount of time between games. You're so heavy focused on what the other teams are doing that you sometimes obviously in practice, you're going over your your plays, you're doing this. But a lot of it is making sure that you're doing and executing the actions and guarding against those actions that those other teams are doing and make sure that you're on your P's and Q's. So I used to love uh, the, 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 the weeks that we got where, um, you know, where we had the, uh, the full, the full week to prepare just because at the beginning of the week, you can focus on yourself. And as we talked about the defensive um, regression, this could be a week where they can focus on some of those things a little bit, a little bit heavier than in past weeks. So um, I always thought that that these weeks are very important to be able to focus on yourself as a team, not necessarily the team that you're playing. And then, you know, at the end of the week, you start doing more scouting, um, which you're, which you're usually doing um, throughout the season. And not only does Carolina get the chance to, focus on themselves in this in this uh early part of the week but 
I thought it was also interesting that after the Virginia Tech game, Huber Davis was like, this is a chance just for our guys to catch their breath. They, they go three <laughs> and three over the past six games. It feels like that that break from games couldn't have come at a better time. When we talk about the defense regressing, that that could play a part of it where this team has played a lot of games in so few days and, and all of a sudden they kind of start stacking up. So how do you think that aspect could kind of help out this team as they as they get towards this home stretch? Because I kind of think of it from the football perspective, like that that second bye week sometimes comes at the perfect time when you need guys healthy and, and you just need a break just from everything that kind of goes into being a student athlete and, and playing the games at a high level. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where like, uh, you know, you just – very testy at times, um, you know, and that's just part of the season going into it. Uh, it's it's a lot of emotions, man. A lot of emotions, a lot of feelings. Um, at the end of the day, these guys they're they're college athletes, but they're also humans, um, and that comes with a lot of a lot of different emotions that that arise. So, having this week where you can just kind of decompress um you know do something I, I don't know if they did something fun but just like switch it up a little bit because it can get very it can get very tedious and and seem very repetitive at times so to your point it just so happened that the weeks come at the exact at the right time man um and these dudes need it man sometimes you got too much testosterone in that locker room sometimes man you need you need a little break you need a little break so uh, I, I'm sure these guys feel kind of kind of refreshed a little bit as they go into the to this game. And uh, quite honestly, they'll need it. A quick break so I can remind everybody about our friends over at Johnny T-Shirt. If you're going to be in Chapel Hill, you can visit Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street. If not, no worries. You could go online to Johnny T-Shirt.com. They have all the Carolina apparel. The Carolina fan could possibly want the hats, the jerseys. You name it, they've got it. The cold weather gear, they're always running great sales. I just went over to Johnny T-shirt. The baseball jerseys this year for the Carolina baseball team. Oh, the the pinstripe. Uh, that that might be. I might have to talk to somebody at Johnny T-shirt because I I'm, I might have to add that. Uh, might to need my to give cart. me one. <laughs> A little customized Barry Barry two baseball jersey. I like that. I like that. <laughs> but it's great, people. Great customer service. And don't forget, Inside Carolina premium subscribers save 10% off their orders at Johnny T-Shirt. All right, Joel, Carolina, a a huge game this week on Saturday against Virginia in Charlottesville. My first question, what makes playing Virginia and then at Virginia so tough where Carolina hasn't won in Charlottesville? since 2012 when Elliot Cadeau was, was seven years old. <laughs> that is wild. That, that is wild, man. I, yeah, I heard that the other day and I was like, uh, yeah, I was still in high school. So, um, yeah, but Elliot Cadeau being seven years old makes it a little, a lot worse. <laughs> um, what makes it hard is one Virginia is just one of those unorthodox teams that plays entirely different than a lot of teams in the country i mean they have uh i think i saw a stat that they have the slowest pace in college basketball over the last 10 years so 
I mean, that's hard to play against, especially a Carolina team that plays on the opposite side of the spectrum. Um, so that's tough. And then also, you know, it's a crowd that gets excited about shot clock violations and uh, and block shots and things on the defensive end compared to anything that they do on the offensive end. So uh, it's just a tough place, man. Um, but I think it's more of just Virginia in itself. And then you also tie in the crowd into it. And we all know, man, you, you play a lot better at home um, than you do on the road. So uh, with your crowd behind you. So I just think it's a little bit of playing against a team that's totally opposite than what you are and playing in JPJ is not easy with the crowd getting behind, um, getting behind their team. Why do you think there's so much variety? I, I don't know if variety is the right word I'm looking for in, in the results that this Virginia team plays where they can win a game in the forties against Wake Forest, but then the next game they get run out of the building against Virginia Tech where where they're still in the 40s, but a team like Virginia Tech goes for 70-plus points. And then you also have, like, the, the more extremes where Virginia wins the NCAA tournament, but they can also lose to <laughs> the 16 seed. Why do you think there is th- that such a – that range in, in outcomes in their games? Yeah, so it's – I the first thing that comes to my mind is every position is not going to be effective. And so when you think about a Carolina team that plays uh, very high possession games, you have a little bit of wiggle room to not have some, not have some effective, uh, effective possessions, but for Virginia, because of the lack of possessions that they have and the slower pace, those possessions offensively are have to be on point, you know, so you put a lot of pressure on your offense. And that's the thing that, you know, they, they're really good defensively. But, you know, if they're not scoring the ball, which is what goes up on the scoreboard, you know, then there's you, you can go down and play defense all you want. <laughs> but and odds are the team, the, the, the opposing team is going to score at some point. I mean. If there's a game that's two to zero, then then uh, I want to see that. I want to be alive to see that. But no, you got to be able to put points on the board, and that's the problem. Is they get into these, um, just these uh, possessions, or they get into this time where it's hard for them to score the ball. So now they're putting a lot of pressure on their defense. And if you're going against a team that has it going offensively, then and you're not scoring the ball, then you're in trouble. And for a Virginia team, when they get down. It's hard for them to get back in the game because they do have a lack of possessions and they don't have enough to be able to get themselves back in the game. Like they were, they were down by twenty uh, or thirty against Virginia Tech, and they were yep. running the shot clock down to five. It's yep. Like, what's going on? So you know, that's when they're when they're on offensively, and you pair that with their defense, they're good. But when their offense isn't going, they're putting a lot of pressure on their defense. It's tough. Yep with the lack of possessions that they have each game. Yeah, Ken Palm has them as the ninth best defensive efficiency, 166th offensive efficiency, and their adjusted tempo, 362nd. So I, La- I guess... Last in the country. <laughs> very slow. Very wow. slow. And I, I I did love watching the Virginia Tech game, the, the point you mentioned where it's like, Tony Bennett's like, yeah, we're not we're not changing. Yeah. Stay the same. Stay the same, guys. Stay the same. 
I'm like, what? Y'all got to get it speeding up. Yeah. The the flip side of, of, you know, when it's hard for them to get back into games, especially at JPJ, when when you are down six or eight, does does like the panic start to set in and being like a six six or eight point deficit to Virginia can feel like 20 plus at, at sometimes? Yes. Yes. You hit it right on the head. And that's where they that's where they get you. You go in there, you think you're down six to eight points. You're like, crap, man, we got to. We got to get back in this. And you and you get enticed into thinking you can get it. You can get those six to eight points back in one possession. And then it just all of a sudden it just compounds. And next thing you know, you are really up. You're really down by 20. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's the problem is you have to continue to be patient um, with Virginia. You can't get lulled into thinking that you have to get it back all in one possession. Because if you do, then it ends up – it ends up just compounding. And then now all of a sudden you're trying to really get back in the game. And with the lack of possessions um, to my point earlier, it's hard to uh, it's hard to do that. So you have to continue to be patient with your offense and find the best shot. The thing about Virginia's defense is that they do have holes in their defense. It's just that you can get, you can all of a sudden get pulled into thinking that you have to go one-on-one um, and that's what they want you to do because their help side is so heavy. They play the pack line. So they're trying to cut out all gaps. So you have to be able to move the ball side to side and get a high quality shot, especially in the times where you find yourself down, because if not, you can uh, it can be a snowball effect and you can find yourself in a bad place in JPJ. <laughs> and I, I'm saying that from experience because <laughs> I've tried to do it and it's not. It, it it happens. <laughs> yeah, I I think maybe maybe it was 2016 the the year you guys went to the championship game. Yeah, was that let's about, not talk. Let's yeah, not that talk was one. About that. I went to that game, and I, that was one of the. I can't imagine what it was like playing in the game, but from the stands, one of the most miserable experiences I had. Yeah, man, it's so tough to play. It's so tough to play in there, and that 2016 team was so good. But it's just like they're they're suffocating sometimes to where you feel like there are more players out there on the floor than is allowed. And that's just how they do it, man. And then all of a sudden you just you find yourself down and you feel like you got to come back because you hear how slow they play. And instead of just being patient, you just continue to try to go fast, fast, fast. And then it ends up like 2016. So but but you guys got looking at at the bright side you guys got your revenge in the ACC championship yes we did which is yeah yeah got the MVP on that one which was uh pretty special that was like my coming out party I feel like um but that game wasn't easy man that game (laughs) no game against Virginia is easy I don't care how bad they are no game against Virginia is easy I I set that in stone (laughs) I remember watching the I think it was the Elite Eight games that year. You guys had already won to advance to the Final Four. And I think it was Syracuse, Virginia in the Elite Eight. And I was like, um, no, I can't believe we're going to get like part four this year against Virginia. And then Syracuse pulled the upset. And I was like, oh, this is this is the least worried I've ever been about a game. Yeah, no, that's what that we were in the midst of our game. We were looking up at the score at the scorecard and <laughs> we were like. 
dang, we got to play Virginia again. <laughs> Goodness gracious. And then we were already up by 20 against Indiana. So yeah. the starters were on the bench. It was Candler we, Coker time. Yeah, it was Candler Coker time. Yeah, yeah, Boker, Boker, Boker time, man. But yeah, man, it was. Uh, we were looking up at the scorecard and we saw Syracuse uh, was coming back and they end up winning the game. I'm telling you, like the relief was like, woo. We go from a we go from a hard man to man slow pace to a two three zone. Bring it, bring it on, baby. <laughs> Before we wrap up, a big shout out to our friends at Congruity. Congruity is a North Carolina-based national coverage local presence company with personal support straight from the Tar Heel State. Congruity is empowering small and mid-sized business owners with HR and payroll outsourcing, enabling you to grow your business while they take care of your greatest assets, your people. And they are doing it with top-of-the-line technology and services for every stage of your business's growth with a state-of-the-art online platform. Congruity, they are obsessed with customer service where they become part of your team. They do the heavy lifting, providing essential admin support with a single point of contact and support available on demand with services that are tailor-made for you, transforming your organization. Congruity has helped hundreds of businesses improve and enhance their day-to-day lives, level up your HR capabilities, save money, unlock game-changing growth. Visit congruityhr.com backslash Tar Heels to learn all about Congruity. Fill out a quick form to be connected to their consultants, and they'll give Inside Carolina listeners or viewers a payroll and HR assessment for free. That's congruityhr.com backslash Tar Heels, congruityhr.com, backslash Tar Heels. All right, back to the episode. How does Carolina match up against this Virginia team? Because this is the first time Carolina will play them this season. Yeah, I think this is one of the um, one of the Virginia teams that uh, isn't good defensively as they were in the past. Now, they've had, you know, they've held Miami to 38 points, and they've held – um, some other teams to some low scoring games. Um, but I think that uh, there, as my point earlier, there are a lot of holes in this Virginia defense. The one that comes to mind for me is the paint. Um, I think that uh, they can, they can dominate the paint with Jordan minor being undersized. Uh, Blake Buchanan is a freshman. Um, and we just look at, you know, Carolina 54 points against Virginia tech in the post. And uh, Lynn Kidd had problems with Armando Baycott. Melijah Petit had problems. So I think uh, one area that comes to my mind is the paint, establishing the paint. Now, I haven't seen Virginia doing the double team like they did in the past, which I'm not sure if that changes for this game with the with what Armando presents. But if they play them one-on-one, get the ball down low for sure. Get it down low, establish the paint early, um, and I think they they can find some success there. But uh, as far as guard play, um, Reese Beekman will probably be on RJ, um, I'm assuming, and then uh, Cormac Ryan will probably be uh, matched up with Isaac McNeely, um, but uh, and Ryan Dunn will probably be on Harrison Ingram, which I kind of want to stay away from Ryan Dunn. That dude is. Uh, very good defensively, but 
Um, I think I think Carolina will find success in the paint area. Carolina makes the the trip to Charlottesville to try to win for the first time since 2012 when Tyler Zeller was the leading scorer in that game. The 20 ball. Uh, yeah, 20? Car- yeah, to get Carolina the win. Uh, last time Carolina won there. But that game, 4 p.m. Saturday on ESPN, should be a good one. Carolina trying to maintain its lead with Duke atop the ACC standings. Joel, appreciate the time as always and appreciate everybody watching and listening. Yes, sir. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.